0: Hey everybody, welcome into the Haven Podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you are listening to me and I appreciate that. On this week's TV slash film focus episode, we have a lot of goodies to get to. So I'm going to try to do my best to set you all up for the work week with all the latest news and happenings and my somewhat educated two cents of an opinion, but um, just hope you guys had a great weekend. You didn't bring any negative energy in home. You know, maybe uh, your boss asked you to stay stay late, work some of that overtime and all you did was... Uh, Massage their hairy shoulders. Fuck, I don't know what, what people do nowadays. Shit's all over the place. Or, you know, maybe an employee called out if you're a boss of your own because the latest Housewives episode made him fucking depressed. Oh, shit, I I can't keep track anymore. Came home, kid shirtless in the front yard. Kind of sits you off. You ask your wife about it. She says he's expressing himself and his animal instincts. You really don't know what the fuck that really means. And then, uh, yeah, Netflix raises your subscription price by $2. <laughs> Clarissa, did you go to the dry cleaner? I need my suit for the meeting on Monday. It's a big client. You didn't? Fucking whore. Meatloaf's cold. Bitch doesn't appreciate me and my hard work. I need my need my ties pressed. It's crazy shit like that. I don't fucking know. People get into a lot of crazy shit, you know? But hey, also too, gotta be fair. Gotta be partial. Men can also go to the dry cleaners, believe it or not, and get their significant other their shoulder pads. I don't know if women are still wearing those, but you know. Each is owner, maybe hey, you're in the deep south. maybe you're in the deep south and uh, you're, uh, you're part of the clan or something. I don't know. I just want to make sure you guys are have a good weekend going in. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh man, that's great like did you go did you go to the dry cleaner and get my, my white hood and robe for the cross burning this weekend? Did you go get it? You didn't. You knew how important this meeting was coming up on Monday for me. No, that's for the the town hall. Grandmaster Williams says, come as you go, that's fine for the Wednesday, but for the Monday, cross burning, we need our hoods. I don't want the Johnsons to start to wonder if we're a bunch of slobs. You know, everyone goes through the same shit. Did you get the mini hoods for the kids, for the children? Are they gonna be good? Did you go to Marcus's, Marcus's back truck lot corner market? You know, his... His truck to table. Did you go to the market? Get me the stevia. You know I'm taking the keto very seriously. Huh? I told, To quote my favorite movie slash upcoming musical of all time, take me as I am. You knew who you were when you married me. You know I'm pissed about going your mother. See? It doesn't matter what. Maybe, you know, part of that progressive clan. Just, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? we all we all deal with the same shit same bitching and moaning but hey that's not why you listen so with that said we should probably jump into it because we have a shit ton of uh stuff to get to a lot of a lot of goodies so um i got a couple trailer reactions for you guys today on a, a couple big projects that have come out the last week or so we have a good amount of industry notes to go over and then i actually have my review for glass the missus and i were able to go see it yesterday afternoon and to finish up i have a danny recommends for you today so with that said let's go ahead and jump into it so our first bit of on the docket when it comes to trailer reactions um game of thrones teaser slash release date last sunday has officially been released by hbo cannot wait uh the teaser itself was very uh, i didn't really show anything it was just uh john so aria and sansa stark walking through the crypt of um winterfell and they approach a bunch of statues that are of them so um the one thing and then they released they did put out the date it is going to be april 14th of this year very very excited for this it's the final season season eight of game of thrones we've been waiting for We to take a whole fucking year off for them to film so <laughs> no pressure on them to deliver on that shit and this epic climax so i think it's confirmed yeah they're doing six episodes of it um the one thing i did see that that was interesting the showrunners did say like hey we're gonna be releasing a trailer here uh for this upcoming last season even though we rather not which i can appreciate i mean that's them just like not wanting anything to get picked apart and spoil anything and i just don't think too they have the time they probably have the budget but i don't think they have the time to like film marvel style and just make shit up and put in the trailer to throw people off they could but i would highly doubt that but yeah the the teaser didn't show anything it was nice to see though for me personally these characters back on screen and yeah it's gonna be i'm so ready. i I have no idea how this is gonna end and i've purposefully stayed away from any like leaked photos or videos um spoilers etc of that nature i want to go in completely blind about it so um with that said moving on to our uh, second trailer reaction we got a trailer for John Wick Chapter Three. Now I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw the subtitle for this, um, I thought it said Portabella, and I was like, "That is a very, very interesting title um, to go with for your third movie." But it's um, God, what the fuck was the name of it? John Wick Chapter Three, Parab- Parab- Parabellum? Parabellum? I can't fucking read. So saw the trailer for that, and um, for those that listen, John Wick One, I. I and thoroughly enjoyed that movie it was just fucking amazing it was so good it's just small budgets such a focused story simple straight to the point and they just did a wonderful job with that the second one naturally like sequels do got bigger in scale I think and it just didn't have that it actually to me wasn't a very good movie overall to be honest with you like the violence was cool but they started doing CGI blood that I remember and I was very upset about that that taking me, takes me out of the movie um, but for the third one here so far from the trailer. I assume it's going to wrap up this trilogy for this character unless it makes bank and they will try to find a way to keep going. I think there was even word they were trying to do a TV show out of this too. Um, I'm not sure if John Wick was going to be the, the spotlight person, but I don't know. So with this, saw the trailer and no, it looked cool. looked legit. I was like, Oh, everyone's after John Wick again, you know, and they showed his dog running alongside of him in the beginning, which was great. So, but the one part that kind of like, I'm not going to lie, got me a slight chub a little bit was towards the end of the trailer Halle Berry she's in it and there's a scene where Keanu Reeves aka John Wick and Halle Berry I don't know what he called her in the movie um they just start going on this fucking epic like gun shootout towards the end of the trailer and she is like fucking there's a, i don't know if she has two dogs i couldn't tell if the one was john wicks but i don't know it's like some kind of a video game they were just running around shooting shit up and their dogs come out of nowhere and start like attacking and eating people well i don't know about the eating part but they attack some people and i was like i don't know what that was but i want more of that please yes please i want a lot more of that um you just give me a movie where dogs are just attacking people with gun wielding off on board. So, very curious how that turns out. Um and then moving on to our third trailer reaction. We got it folks, uh trailer for the upcoming Spider-Man film, Far From Home. Um something we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast in terms of my feels for Homecoming as well as where I hope Marvel goes and what they do a little bit um in regards to this movie. So I, I've seen a lot of the reaction from people. They were pissed. They're like, this is a fucking spoiler. Like, we know Spider-Man dies at the end of Infinity War. And if anyone's like, dude, you didn't give a spoiler. Come on. If you haven't seen Infinity War by now, you probably won't. Um so I understand people a little kind of like bewildered by it. Like, okay, you spoiled it. Like this does take place after Infinity War or Endgame, I'm sorry, the new upcoming Avengers movie and marvel has confirmed yes it does and everything like that so i understand people's kind of like what the fuck like so spider-man's going to come back at endgame like well yeah no shit sherlock it is so that's kind of like they've had this shit like in production before infinity war even came out that they're working on the latest spider-man or a newer one and black panther and all that stuff so i think what's going to be interesting is they do have an idea that i have seen marvel talk about that this movie will focus on somewhat Peter Parker and how he is dealing with this fact that hey he died and has come back to life kind of thing. So I'm very curious how they they do that because that could be a psychological interesting arc for a character. And uh, throughout the trailer we see it and everything like that and Nick Fury shows up and he's like recruiting him for a mission and everything like that, but I will say if you can watch the international version of this trailer, there's some new footage in it, but I thought they did a much better job with the international version. Of kind of setting up the movie and you know not i don't necessarily telling you anything new it was just a better presentation of i just thought a better overall trailer than the one we got for the u.s here and stuff like that and like glad to see happy hogan's gonna be there he's gonna you know he's gonna show up and try to bang his aunt which is always great so um and then they go to europe and everything like that um or england and that is pretty funny how they do generalize it like kids go to europe and it's like they're just going to england like let's take it easy all right that's like a bangers and mash difference of what New York City, like, let's let's breathe here a little bit and take it one step at a time. So, it's um, they just have different big towers of clocks there than New York. That's pretty much it, guys. So, I, I'm just also curious too because I swear I read that Endgame takes place like five or six years after Infinity War. So, if I'm left to conclude that they are bringing him back do they go back in time or something? Cause that makes no sense in the time jump. There's no way it's six years later and boom, he shows up. Spider-Man does right. And he's still in fucking high school. Like, does he not age at all in the whole universe that he's in stuck in the stone or whatever the fuck these heroes are at kind of thing. And like, I wonder like what happened to kids in school. I wonder if they'll explain that in end game. Like, like, Hey, half our classmates disappeared. Like, huh? you still got the test on Monday, like that kind of bullshit. So, I don't know there's a lot of stuff Marvel just has to be careful because they have like everything connected they've done a great job most of the time of keeping continuity but sometimes they stray a little bit. So I'm always wondering like if they'll put something in the film or they'll say like, Oh no, no, no. We have to say this to fix this clusterfuck. We just put ourselves into. So um, yeah, overall it looks cool. His suit looks rad. His new black and red one. It looks really good. The spider. What the fuck? It's like the wingsuit. I think it's called. And so you see that. And then at the end you see Jake Gyllenhaal show up as Mysterio and it's like, Oh, he's supposed to be a bad guy, but he's kind of acting good. So I wonder if they'll use that as like an arc moving forward with spider-man like oh it's become a new mentor for him because maybe spoiler tony stark's dead i don't know that's that's my conclusion so i'm just curious how they're gonna do all this or if they're gonna treat him like hey you're a one-shot villain kind of thing like you're just gonna die at the end of this or just go away for a long time and we'll never revisit you again which marvel sometimes tends to do with their villains unfortunately so i don't know we'll see um but no it looked really cool and good it was great sorry i just dropped my phone oh my god what is happening Um, no, it looks cool. I'm just excited for it. And I understand again, why people, some people were butthurt about it. Um, like in terms of spoiler, but I mean, come on guys, like you thought they're really going to kill off Spider-Man and not bring him back or anything like that. Or if people are upset, like, well, I know they are, but I just didn't want to know for sure. Like take it easy. So we'll see what happens with that. So with that said, moving on to our second portion here, let's go tackle some industry notes. Um, so this came out earlier this week for those i mean we kind of knew this was happening but just kind of confirmation let me pull up the source here so i'm not talking out of my ass too much here um so i'm pulling this from screen rant right now let's see oh what a what a shit show here we got going on um but yeah we had a source come out from daniel rickman um he said hey not a huge surprise but when i hear gambit dr doom are officially dead um as for the x-force movie x-force was like the team teased in deadpool 2 if you even remember that um, it's not officially dead, but they only have two months to start filming and that's not going to happen. So, um, well, not with Fox anyways, kind of thing. So with that said, this is just a, uh, these are just casualties of the merger between Fox and Disney kind of thing. Um, I think I read that by the end of March, they're expecting that deal to kind of be done and everything like that. And Kevin Feige and Marvel, you know, they're plotting already. Like they sort of laying the seeds and the groundwork down of how we're going to introduce all these. You know characters like the Fantastic Four, uh, fucking the X Men, Deadpool, all that shit into our MCU and how all the pieces are going to fit, hopefully and stuff. So, and the Gambit movie with Channing Tatum, that shit has been like on fucking thin ice forever. They've gone through like what, like four directors or something. It's just ridiculous. And the Doctor Doom movie, like, um, uh, I don't trust Fox to do any of that. Just please, just give these properties back to Marvel, let them do their thing. So, um, for those that were holding out for the X Force movie, sorry, um still curious what they're going to do with Deadpool very yeah are they going to try to keep it going keep it PG-13 but we shall see so who knows um our next bit of docket here speaking of Marvel because of course why not um they run everything we had this little guy come out um in regards to the Black Widow spinoff film that they've been working on um I don't think anything's been confirmed from Marvel yet I think it's just kind of a, hey, just kind of bits and pieces Um, and we've talked about on the podcast, I think it was last year, but this is coming from the hashtag shows, Charles Murphy. And he just basically said, Hey, um, it looks like 2020 is going to be the slate, um, that it would start filming and it's going to be overseas and everything like that. And he heard that, Hey, it might be rated R. So that's kind of interesting. This would be Marvel's first rated R movie in their MCU. Um, nothing's confirmed yet, but he's just kind of saying, Hey, if it does, don't be like totally shocked by it sort of thing. So, um, I personally know for a lot of people when they the rumors started coming up that they would do a black widow film my thing was like okay when does it take place um who's directing it of course the writer etc you know the big stuff but marvel has a good track record and i know for some people they're just like ah, oh, we're good like do we really need a black widow spinoff film to me i don't think this movie is going to be rated r whatsoever i'd be very surprised if that happened um i don't think that's contingent on it being a great movie or not or a true story to black widow per se because i mean pg-13 let's be honest it's a pretty loose rating nowadays like you can get away with some shit what you did in a pg-13 movie what you could show and say and get away with you know nowadays was very very different 10 years ago meaning 10 years ago was i think a lot more strict kind of thing so you can push the envelope quite a bit on this stuff at the end of the day i think it's still if done right could be super cool i think it's going to be an origin story well duh, it's gonna be an origin story for black widow but it will take place you know kind of during maybe the same time frame as like um captain marvel that's coming out this year and i think to have like this james bond spy type of thriller movie would be a super um would just be a fucking dope addition of marvel like i think we're gonna start seeing marvel i hope we start seeing them go down these different avenues a little bit that had different just takes feels and styles like that's why winter soldier is one of my favorite movies like winter soldier to describe it as like a comic book movie is a fucking disservice it's a a thriller slash espionage movie at its core. And that's what they made. It just so happened to take place in a superhero universe. So it's fucking bloody brilliant. Like if they were to do it that way. Um, And like I said, just focus on it make a good movie. So we shall see Uh, two more industry notes to get through today. Um, This one, I'm not going to lie, kind of also got me a little bit excited. So Aaron Sorkin via the associated press came out and said he was talking with the producer of the social network, you know, the Facebook movie, Um, directed by uh, Fincher so they were saying that now the idea of coming up of writing and creating a sequel for the social network is very much in the cards so if you look at what Facebook is now what it's been all the shit they've done gone through etc it kind of writes itself as a script right as a movie like this is one of those rare sequels that do come out from a movie not based off of a major like I don't know, geek kind of type property that I would be all for. As long as you can get Fincher back to direct it, that's my biggest thing. Cause he, I felt just shot and showed the world through a very unique lens. Uh, and it just worked fucking so well with that writing and the characters and everything like that. Um, I don't know if Jesse Eisenberg would be back. That'd be pretty hilarious. Cause let's just say Jesse uh, is not on my, is on my short list of actors. You know what I mean? A.K. Mr. Fucking Luther over there. So um, nothing official, nothing in the right. I just thought it was a cool little tidbit like, Hey, that actually makes sense. Cause Facebook keeps giving them material. And then last but not least, our last industry note on today's episode is Ghostbuster sequel. What? So this literally broke this week and it came out of fucking nowhere. They actually have a teaser trailer for it where they show the car and everything. And so there's really nothing new about it, but it has since been confirmed that, um, Bill Murray, Dan Ackroyd and Hudson are coming back, um, The original cast, like those members, I can't remember. Oh, fuck, what's that guy's name? Oh, he's fucking brilliant. He passed away. He was in the original Ghostbusters as well, but uh, three out of the four are coming back. One didn't have a choice because he's dead, but anyways, they are coming back. So Ivan Reitman, who directed um, the original Ghostbusters, his son is actually attached to come in, um, Jason, to direct, so... I don't know what this is. It looks like it's not going to have anything to do when they did the female reboot kind of thing a couple of years ago that a lot of people love so much. Um, I, I don't know. It's just going to, it's just fucking Hollywood and the nostalgia bullshit, you know, and and all this stuff. So we'll we'll see what happens with it. It's and I think actually this actually might have been leaked years ago. I swear I read Dan Ackroyd teasing some kind of Ghostbusters sequel years and years ago and i think he let the cat out of the bag early people were just like what the fuck is he talking about kind of thing and then the female reboot was announced and went into production and i think people just assumed oh that's what he was referring to or they tried and it didn't work but no it looks like it's a full go but they've been trying to make a ghostbuster sequel to the original cast i feel like for the past fucking 10 years so let's let's take it let's i want to see an actual footage on set kind of thing i want to see filming being commenced before we get too excited um and oh do before i do forget speaking of nostalgia a little bonus industry note hope you guys like this y'all remember unsolved mysteries fucking netflix pulling on those nostalgia heartstrings those fuckers um they're bringing back uh yeah unsolved mysteries and i'm very excited about that don't know what it is um but it looks like there's only going to be like maybe 8 to 12 episodes per season each episode will be an hour and focused on one mystery and they'll like modernize it a little bit um the original narrator with that sultry, beautiful voice. He's, he's also dead. This has become a very depressing episode. (laughs) Everyone I know here is dead. Get me a hot dog. Um, so I'm not sure they're going to get to replace him as narrator, but that Levy guy from stranger things, one of the producers he's kind of headlining the whole thing and stuff like that. So just nostalgia in the works, but anyways, this is, so that's it for industry notes. Um, a lot of stuff to get to through and thoughts and feels in terms of well that was you know been a busy week I have to say that um but now let's get to the the meat and potatoes of this episode my review of Glass okay so yesterday I'm filming this like Sunday afternoon um but yesterday early morningish my wife and I got to theater to go see it so what is Glass Glass is the third movie in the trilogy of M nights. It's not planned. I don't think it was. I I don't know if he said it was. I don't I don't think he did. But basically he had success with, you know, split and was like, Oh, if I attach this cool twist ending to unbreakable, people will lose their shit, which they did and it was a cool it worked. Um, so this was actually one of my more anticipated movies of the year for twenty nineteen, believe it or not. Um, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for M night. Um Sixth Sense is wonderful, signs it just does something for me he just did it in a way that just pushes and hits all the right buttons for me and then he kind of started losing his mojo a little bit and then really lost it where it's like what happened at m night he forgot how to direct movies so he kind of rebounded you know and since if he did that fucking horror movie that was like oh, what the hell is the name of it with the two kids they go to their grandparents house or something and it's shot like shaky cam from what i remember that was actually a really suspenseful movie he did a good job with that and it's like okay he's showing some of his his colors again of like oh i didn't totally forget how to make a movie or a good one at that and then he came in with split which i thought was really really well done um unbreakable for m night is also again one of those movies that he did that just hit the right notes for me it was original it was fresh at the time and it was just wonderfully well done so again m night soft spot my heart so please take that in consideration When I tried to give my and explain my overall thoughts and feels in my review of the movie Glass. So, again, super excited. We go into the movie. I know firsthand already going in the reviews are not very well. I think when I checked when I left the theater, it was 35% on Rotten Tomato. So, that's not a good movie, people. So, I go in. We watch the film or whatever. And, fuck, they need to stop with the trailers. I know I've ranted on this before. But my wife has always said to me, my wife... Where we always have this uh, this debate about how important trailers are before a movie. And I've, again, put planted my flag into the side of the fence that's like, no more fucking trailers. I'm done. I'm over it. Don't show trailers anymore. Um, and she's like, no, you gotta have them. And I can th- see little by little she's starting to come my way of thinking. Because they've gone from one extreme to the other with how they show the trailers and what they do. I think it was like almost... It it had to be at least 20 minutes, but it felt like 30 minutes of fucking trailers. And they show so many different types of trailers. It just fucks with my feeling going into the movie. Like, I'm going in with this, again, this thought process and this feeling of, like, all right, I'm going to see this suspenseful movie. And, you know, you have a certain idea of what you're going for. But you just see all these fucking, essentially, ads beforehand of all different types of feels and variety. It just changes the way I look at the movie after that. So they need to stop doing that shit. Like, it's called YouTube, motherfuckers. Um, But anyways... So I tried to put that at the door, leave it there when the movie starts. So we see the movie. Um, I spent all day thinking about it, kind of trying to get my thought process in. And then, you know, sleep on it, that sort of thing. Thought about it this morning. And when I left the theater, I immediately texted my brothers where I was like, I compared Glass and apologies to anyone eating right now. I My first gut instinct reaction of after seeing Glass walking out of the theater was that I compared Glass to a a fart that comes out of a human body that just smells so horrific that you're like how the fuck did that come out of a human body or any any orifice of a human body like what the fuck are you housing you need to see a doctor right now that's what i compared glass to and i'm like and you know talking about it with my wife afterwards she was like oh you're just being being so over dramatic you know like it was a good movie was well and i'm just like I'm, i'm perplexed i'm blown away that this is the conversation we're having um but at the end of the day thinking about it the two things that keep coming to mind for this movie glass is disappointed and just what the fuck it's i, I don't know how to there's how can i put it where to start with this movie there you know sometimes when you see a movie and other people have and you like oh hey did you see such and such and like i did like dude that one scene in the movie where they where x y and z happens was fucking epic you know and that other person's like oh dude that was oh, i loved it to me there's no scenes like that in this movie there's really nothing in this movie from a scene uh point of view that i can like cherry pick like it wasn't like you have a Full course meal, and you're like, you know, the appetizer sucked. Dessert was way overrated, kind of thing, or was not very good. But hey, the main course was good, or this part of it was good. The wine was terrific. There's nothing like that for me in this movie, and that's the problem. I can't think of one fucking scene from this movie that I'm like, well, at least this was cooler. This was great. There's certain scenes that start showing that DNA a little bit, and then nothing. Like I'm having the hardest time remembering, and I know my memory is not what it used to be, but my short term last I check was pretty good. Everything I think of is negative. And maybe that's just me as a person. I don't know. But you start going in. And again, this is, this is really frustrating. Even the more I think of it, the more frustrated I get. It's first off, I'll start with the acting. That's usually how I do my reviews, right? Samuel Jackson's hardly in this fucking movie. And when he is on screen, he's like a, a dead tomato. They explain why, but it's still like interesting choice when he does finally like kind of snap into action it's samuel jackson like just buying in and he does a terrific job james mcavoy as the beast and all his like split personality characters he did a good job but i had a lot of issues with uh there's the boy that he does the nine-year-old that he's like stuck in the body i can't remember his name now and of the character itself but he they went so over the top with that and they explain why like he's so prevalent the child which i'm like okay i can buy into that but they sell out so many scenes that start going like really dramatic very intense and they're building it where then he acts like the little boy he does like those shit jokes like oh you're a dickwad kind of thing and it's like what the fuck and it totally just undercuts the scene for me and takes me completely out of it everyone's clackling in the theater like oh yeah it's great kid like talked about his dance moves again And it's like, what the fuck is happening? And for people like, oh no, it's a nine-year-old, you know, and it's, you know, he's going to have this childish mind. He doesn't understand the gravity of the situation. I get all that. I I really do. But I thought that way, that's why Split was so brilliant. He found this great balance of this kid and knowing when he could be kind of comedic in the sense of what a nine-year-old would be, but also by balancing the gravity of the situation and how intense a scene is that he's creating. So well, other than James McAvoy was fine though he was good he did a good job with this character I just thought it was like some of the dialogue choices and writing options were like what the fuck is he doing like he's going for one-liners why the fuck is he doing that he never does that right like M. Knight's history of one-liners are very subtle and they're very appropriate to the scene like he's very aware of the scene in which the dialogue is spoken to me in this movie he wasn't at all with that character at least then you go to Bruce Willis right who again he's not really in this movie too often from what i remember it feels like he wasn't so they bring his son back from unbreakable who's now grown up and it's the same actor right neither of them can fucking act it was so horrible like we're a couple minutes in i turn to the missus and i'm like is this acting really fucking horrible to you or is it just me and she's like oh yeah like she gave me a look like yeah dude this is weird and it's like bruce willis just like forgot how to act like he wasn't like I don't know. It was weird. It's like he came in with this campy mindset of like I'm not taking any of this seriously, and like his the kid that plays his son. I don't know if he's done any movies since Unbreakable, or since he's been a child actor. But he was fucking horrible in this movie too. And then like Glass's mom showed up, aka Samuel Jackson's mom, and I was like, what the fuck is like? Why does she have such a big part? And a lot of it's gonna have to do with like origin stories and stuff. And I, again, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But um yeah, there's just certain scenes that didn't stand out and this movie had a lot of pacing issues to me too. Meaning that in the beginning I was like, okay, this is not starting as fast as I thought it would or not fast. Just, it didn't have a good beat, a good rhythm to it. And the first 20 minutes or there is some stuff that does occur. I'm like, okay, I think I see what he's trying to do and where he's going for. This could be pay. This could pay off. This could pay off in a big way and be really cool down the road. We'll see how he does with it. And he totally fucking fumbles it in the end zone. Um, but you start going through, and the pace, I had a huge problem with pacing in this movie. Transitions were fine; it was just the pacing of it. Because when you get to act, I want to say probably the beginning of Act Two, all the way to the end, it comes to a fucking screeching halt for me. It really, really does. I'm sitting there like, is this movie over yet? Like, is or is this movie? Is something else gonna happen? It's just them in the fucking insane asylum the whole time. And thankfully, you know, they do something where they show you. Because at first, I thought this movie was like is this giant insane asylum hospital only housing Samuel L. Jackson's character and nobody else? Um, So thankfully they take care of that. But as far as like his twist goes and the payoff, I was like, Oh, this is the direction he decided to go. I mean, okay. Creative choice, I guess. But I was like, I wasn't really expecting it, but there's stuff they do towards the end. Like when they wrap everything up um, that I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? I had no clue. I don't know how many times I was in the theater, just thinking to myself watching this movie. Like what the fuck is happening? What is going on in this movie? Like, I am so, I'm trying so hard to pay attention and stay in the moment and watch this film. But holy shit, they're just blabbering. They're not saying, they're just saying stuff. Nothing that they're saying is, is, is necessary. And then exposition scene after exposition scene. Holy crap. It's like, there's one part in the middle where the doctor lady, the redhead from, um, what's it called? American Horror Story? She's in it. She's fucking awesome. Like, I think she's just gorgeous. She can act the shit out of a movie. She tries really hard in this i thought she was terrific because she goes in or not terrific she was good i should say that maybe i'm giving her too much credit because the rest of the movie was a was a stinker but she there's a couple scenes like next to each other or in a row it seems like where she's saying the same dialogue over and over again just in a different way she's relaying the same information to you the audience member and then the you know james mcvoy's split character and done aka unbreakable guy they're all like the lens they're through the point of view of us the audience right that's the that's at least what i thought they were doing and she just seems the same shit over and over again just in a different way slightly like tweaked that's it and i'm like why are there so much exposition it's like he's like all right guys we're filming or they're they in the editing bay and they're like editing the movie and he's like okay what if someone leaves though to go use the bathroom and they miss this scene i think it's really important they they know the exposition they know what's going on here so let's do it again in a certain amount of time. So that person that comes back from the bathroom or gets a refill when they come back into the theater, they know what's going on. They didn't miss anything. They don't have to ask the person next to them, What did I miss? Like, is that a fucking huge issue dude? Really? Like, so acting wise, like very suspect at, at best and the story itself kind of fucking boring. I think like, I don't know. I guess I, maybe I just had too much hype for this. Maybe I had too high of expectations going in and maybe that's not fair to him, and that's why I'm I'm looking at the turd that it is. But it was just fucking so slow, so boring. Like, let's go, come on. And then, like, the epic climax of it, it's like, okay, this is cool a little bit. Like, I don't know. It just, honestly, the whole movie, and this is, you know, coming back to it again, frustrated, disappointed, sure. Something just felt off about it. It just felt weird. And what they do is, or what M. Knight does is throughout the movie to remind the audience about Bruce Willis's Unbreakable character as well as his son, he splices in scenes and or sequences from Unbreakable to kind of recap the the moviegoer a little bit. Like oh, I remember this scene. This is important, you know. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. I've seen that done in movies. I'm not a fan of it, but you know, but he does this a couple times, and it's very jarring because, how can I put it? <clears throat> when you watch Unbreakable, to me, it looks and is shot in a very certain type of way. It has its own look to it that I think is very reminiscent to stuff we saw in Signs and we saw in um, Sixth Sense, that sort of thing, right? So it's like, oh, that's the M. Night look and feel. Well, his later movies have kind of gone away from that a little bit. This is more shot like Split. So when you, for me, when you split, when you put into the formula these jarring scenes from unbreakable it kind of breaks the not the immersion but just the flow of the film where i'm like okay it feels like i'm watching two different movies which essentially you are but if you were to shoot like say split unbreakable and now glass in three distinct types of ways i could be like oh each movie has its own art style but still comes together like a like a painting I could have been totally down with that. That's why I know this was not confirmed or a planned idea from the beginning because the cinematographer on this worked on Split. So you can definitely see the parallels between those two movies, but Split to me doesn't have hardly anything shot-wise that looks familiar to Unbreakable. So I don't know, maybe that's more of a pet peeve of mine. I just kind of, I was like, this is really weird because Unbreakable has such these intense scenes where, think about Unbreakable if you remember. There is one action scene I think towards the end where Bruce Willis' character finds the guy and, and chokes him out, right? Other than that, it's a very intense thriller build-up questions, and it's just amazingly executed. Split, again, not a great movie, but still very, very good, very suspenseful. So you see the suspense kind of carry in, and to me there was nothing suspenseful about Glass at all. There was nothing that I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, I just, eh, okay, whatever. So if I were to give it a letter grade, I'd probably give it... I'd give it a D plus C minus. Like I wouldn't like wait till Netflix type of thing or Redbox to go see this. Like don't go out of your way to see even matinee kind of thing. And for those that are diehards of it, of the M night director, I think there's a lot of that and there's a lot to be excited about. This guy was at the bottom of the shit pile in Hollywood. He busted his ass, took out his own money to make some of these latest films and he got his way back to the top. So great for him tip of the hat, man. Um, But it's just, I don't know, I don't know why the people that have seen this thought, like, oh, this is a really good movie. I, I don't see it. I don't understand it, what you're seeing. And it's just like, again, the so slow. I felt like they're in the hospital and it just takes fucking forever. And then he does shit too, which this is my problem with M-night sometimes, is just focus on the movie, focus on the story. What's the story you want to tell in the arc of characters, you know? And he does this shit throughout the movie where he goes out of his way to show certain scenes that make no fucking sense right there in front of you like um what's her face the girl from split she shows up and i'm like why the fuck is she in this i don't understand it's like she really didn't need to be this you just put her in and made a story for her for no reason but there's a scene where she's like at the fucking school or something gets called into the principal's office and as you're following her she's walking down the hallway and like people are like staring at her, but almost like in a seductive kind of way. That could just be my pervy mind. And she's like, putting her, you know, her hair back over her ear, kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm a hot shit. I I survived the beast. Uh, and like you're walking, I'm like, this is fucking weird, man. And so she walks by, and the principal's like, I need to talk to you real quick. She's like, oh okay. She walks to the, the principal's right, Or office, and then they do like this close up panning and shot of a picture of Bruce Willis's son as a baby boy. Like, he went to the school, and I'm like, cool. Like, what the? F- What's the payoff on this? Like, are you trying to say, like, in superhero origin stories, everything's connected? Like, fuck you. It's not. Like, you're just fucking trying so hard to make shit like stick, dude. Like, oh, I'm giving you diversions left and right. Check it out on them night. I got, I got twists up the yin yang, and it's like, no, you need to fucking breathe and take an Advil, dude, because you're all over the fucking place. But, um, yeah, I would i would skip gloss no thank you just not a fan and, and all that stuff so uh that's our review of gloss uh very fucking disappointing great movie way to start 2019 so um we'll see what happens i mean endgame's not gonna suck right that's gonna be so good it has to be captain marvel can't marvel can't make a bad movie right this is what it's come to i'm, I'm resort to that but Anyways, um, moving on and stuff like that. Last couple things to get to before we wrap up today's episode. So I have a little Danny recommends for you. I watched this little guy last night, and um, I saw the trail for it a couple weeks ago on the Netflix YouTube, and I was like, "This is pretty dope." So I have a great fondness in my heart for documentaries. I think they are just ugh, can just be so well done, so fun, great, and just so informative. There's there's a lot to documentaries that you just just gotta love, right? So. The documentary on Netflix that I watched last night that I recommend to you is called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened. Um, So, excuse me, let me take a sip of my coffee so I can do this impersonation or a bad version of it. So, kind of watching this, I was like, okay, I want to talk about it. So I'm going to do my best Stefan impersonation from SNL. So bear with me. This documentary has everything. Washed up late 2000 hip-hop star Jai Rule. What sounds like a modern-day cult leader who, when you see on screen, you don't know if they're asleep, awake, or somewhere in between. We have man bombs. Pablo Escobar's Island, a Kardashian, pissed off locals, a person being told to blow another person so they can release clean drinking water, and then it features the famous, well, gee, willigers. You know, that's when you give a shit ton of money to an event because some models who you never heard of post about it on Instagram, and you get to sleep on some water slash piss soaked mattresses inside of a reused tent from the latest United States national, national disaster with a promise of Blink 182 being. there (laughs) this this fucking documentary is awesome it's so good i had so much fun with this it's a little less than two hours it just came out this week um so it's based off of this music festival called fire that happened a couple years ago kind of thing that was like a, a, a pretentious modern twist of woodstock taking place on a fucking island in the bahamas and it chronicles a story of like the beginning middle end of this thing that turned to a giant clusterfuck and was a shit show um pretty much from the very beginning and it's just fucking all over the place like the thing is unless you're like in these circles or you're aware of these people or you look at like these pop culture what they call them in the documentary influencers right i had no idea fucking about this like i'm 30 years old i'm just like i i had no idea about this i i asked my wife about it too i was like Hey april like uh do you know about this fire music festival she's like oh yeah i knew about that i'm like i had no fucking clue like holy shit this is more than a ponzi scheme so definitely take the time watch it it is really really well done a great pacing is just just keeps you going like you're like holy shit how deep does this rabbit hole of bad get and they do not disappoint so um again netflix on netflix a documentary called fire the greatest party that never happened and i'm sure it's like on their trending now tab or something so definitely check that out cannot recommend that enough so (sighs) all right that's oh man that was that that finished off the night really good going from glass to that was very very helpful i have to say so um and then really quick side programming note i know i talked about it last week i'm still working on getting through the punisher i have to do season one season two just came out so once i get through those two i'll have my review for punisher season two as well and a quick recap on season one for those that care i'm still working on getting my hbo going um even when april called they uh they called her bluff so I can i pay for this shit son of a bitch um fuck you comcast um with that said so i haven't seen any of true detective yet season three which i keep hearing amazing marvelous things about i'm so excited to watch it i need to get my ass on this and i will um but i'm not gonna lie i'm a little bit at odds with how do i do i kind of review an episode per episode basis every week Do I just kind of do little snarky remarks throughout until we get to all of season three? I can give my official review. I'm kind of leaning that way because they only do one episode per week kind of thing. Um, And that's going to be kind of, I think, the same mindset going into Game of Thrones when it comes out in April. But we'll see. Nothing's in concrete. But I just wanted to kind of give you an update on that. So, um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you like what you heard or even if you're like "Eh," about it lots of ways to get involved support and help the podcast grow links in the description of this episode on how you can do those things such as subscribe rate review you know all those i need a shower afterwards type of stuff um, on your podcast listening platform of choice you can also share the podcast with others who you think might enjoy it as well you can also send in your listener questions via our email which is thehavenpc at gmail.com or uh, connect through connect with us through the podcast's official Instagram and/or Mixer accounts. You just gotta search the Haven podcast on either of those platforms or both. Um, but then again, I do have the links for both of those as well on this episode. Um, any of all that would be greatly appreciated. And then um, last plug: um, if for those interested, check out our Mixer channel where I have posted via our DVR on there our latest episode of our ongoing series. We are I've dubbed um, Game Pass sessions. That's uh, where I live stream a game from xbox's game pass service and the latest episode features a game called kingdom two crowns one that i've talked about on the video game weekly focused episode that i i'm gonna have some more uh, deep dive thoughts on this episode but um up until then i've been really really enjoying it so make sure to check that out if you're interested um yeah thanks again you guys i hope you all have a wonderful work week and i will talk to you guys this upcoming friday take care